What uh, radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that? Where's that? And thank you for logging into the Sean Teshner Show. This afternoon we're going to be interviewing a guest by the name of Conrado Slugo Rigor, better known as Slugo. He is the executive director of the International Drop-In Center in Seattle, which is housed inside the Beacon Hill United Methodist Church. And we are talking about bridging the gap between the Philippines and America, about how difficult it is for Filipinos to come here and assimilate to try and get some help, get a foothold in America. And I know this is especially important because three generations of my family came from Germany, Ireland, and Italy to be able to get a foothold here in the country. And it wasn't as always easy as it is today. And what we hope to do is talk about the ideas that IDIC has come up with and continues to generate so that this might become possible. Just a reminder to everyone Anything that's audio recorded on the show becomes property of the show and is used for profit and worldwide distribution on the Internet. Okay, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Manon Slogo, who's the executive director of the International Drop-In Center in Seattle. The interview is going to be both in English and Tagalog so that it serves both Americans as well as Filipinos on both sides of the Pacific Ocean. So Manon Slugo, thank you for being available today to be on the Sean Teshner Show and to give us some hints and suggestions as to how people transition effectively from the Philippines to, say, Seattle. Uh, we discussed some ideas on housing, looking for work, transportation, etc. And I can tell you from experience, when my grandparents came here from Italy, oh, back in about 1900, they found a flyer for the Pacific Coast Coal Company in New York and they took the train west, and that's how my grandfather got his first job out here in the northwest, was working in the black diamond coal mines as a coal miner. And there was a whole section of black diamond that was just Italian town. Uh, there were some that were uh, Polish, uh, German, Czechoslovakian, etc. So coming here to the United States, obviously we're not importing coal miners, but I know that a lot of people who come here from the Philippines, not only is there ability to speak English pretty good, but they're trained in nursing, uh, some are attorneys, teachers, uh, but the big problem is that they don't have the college degree from the United States that's required, so then they have to go all the way back through school and be recycled again or pass some lengthy exam to be able to get certified here to start work. That is once they do get a green card. So Manan, could you go ahead and explain to us what we're trying to do here in Tagalog so that people out there listening uh, on both sides can understand what IDIC is all about. Well, gladly, uh, Sean, thank you for giving us the opportunity again to echo exactly what a transplanted family from 10,000 miles away would need and uh, to be able to assimilate effectively and efficiently in the USA. Well, like I said, the demographics of Filipinos who come to 
the Pacific Northwest are um, fundamentally about 7 out of 10 are from rural Philippines. Either choose Hawaii is the first one, and the second is California, and the third because of our mild weather in Seattle. Mm. Because they are afraid to go elsewhere where there is too cold, where they, and they don't have any insurance coverages, medical um, security, and all that. So they come to places where there are people who are able to extend to them much-needed uh, floating device to stay sure. home. So a life raft, if you will. Right. So thank you, Sean. Uh, uh, please, uh, I, I, I don't know where to start, but if you begin asking questions that our uh, fellow Filipinos listening in can latch on to, we'd be happy to respond. Uh, please say that in Tagalog, please, what you just said. Uh, tumawag po kayo, makikinig kayo parati dito sa uh, inyong mga computer, lalo na kay Mr. Sean Teshner. Hanapin po ninyo siya. Alam nyo, mahirap ispilingin yung Teshner, ang hirap pong hanapin yan. Pero uh, ako po ang nagsasabi sa kanya, dahil nag-radyo rin po tayo nung nakaraang mga taon, gawin niyang simple para sa mga kapwa Pilipino natin para uh, inyong abutin na mas madali. Okay? Great. Well, let me ask you some basic, simple questions. When a person comes from the Philippines and say has no education and comes right here to Seattle as a guest of a family member. Let's say their father or grandfather fought in World War II and they were promised to be able to immigrate to the United States but they had to stand in line at immigration and file and wait 10 years. What's the first thing that they need to do? Well, if you come here alone, there's no problem. But if you come with their whole brood, your family, First thing you do is, uh, where will I stay temporarily for the next year or so until uh, I can find place to home? Ang unang-una po nating kakailanganin, paggaling natin sa airport, or bago pa lang tayo lumuwas papuntang Amerika, ay alamin na natin kung saan tayo tutuloy, saan tayo titira. Meron ba tayong mga kamag-anak? What I just said was, before you board the plane or even take off, know where you are going to live for the next few months or so. And do not be a burden to anyone, okay? Because you will uh, not be doing justice to your family if you do that. Many, uh, marami po sa ating mga kababayan na nauuna yung tatay, the head of the family goes ahead first, lays the groundwork, and then the family follows. Kind of creates an airport for the rest of the family to land at. Exactly. Makes sense. That's uh, more often than not, that is the sensible way of doing it. Um, human nature. You had mentioned one time to me how important it is for Filipinos to understand certain English terms so that they will not get in trouble. For example, going up an escalator or down an escalator or... Uh, into an elevator, and you made some funny jokes about, oh, the door open or the door won't close. Yes, yes, well, um, there are, in most airports, we found out that uh, uh, 
there are those who come from rural parts of the Philippines and he was so thirsty he didn't realize that uh, when a, uh, a water spout in the airport did not need and it was automatic he was looking for the switch how to turn on the uh, <laughs> water so he didn't know how and he was embarrassed because there was a line forming in his rear and he had not done drank yet so he pretended that he was wiping his mouth and had drunk, then stepped aside and began observing how it was done. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was how. And then there were instances on the airplane where uh, this uh, old lady uh, was fastened onto her seat by the stewardess on her seatbelt, and when uh, two hours later, she wanted to go to the bathroom, but didn't know how to get out of the seat belt. So, <laughs> so uh, she thought she was uh, she was asking for the key to the seat belt. <laughs> didn't know how what button oh to press. So this, um, meron pong mga ganyan sa ating uh, mga kababayan at nahihiya silang magtanong. They're sh ashamed or shy or timid to ask. So their pride is so high, they, they would rather not betray that they are ignorant. So, so these are the little bits and pieces. Of, and then the dangerous sign was when an old lady, 83 years old, had a uh, big infection in her gums and went to a facility, non-profit organization, I won't mention the name, very popular one, they assigned a case manager to her who was Vietnamese and they only could only do some sign language. So this case manager meant well she couldn't get through and gave her some capsules, caplets to take. These were uh, antibiotics. Three days later, the old lady was rushed 911 because of blood poisoning. Mm. Why? Because she was breaking those capsules and rubbing it on her gums. Oh my gosh. And it was not explained well. Why? Because this old lady come from far off the Philippines. Kanya po napakahalaga. Meron tayong gagawin with Mr. Sean Teisner na gagawin natin informasyon, information para sa mga bagong dating for the newly arrived so that they will have a semblance of direction when you come and arrive and especially those who are embarrassed to ask, they're timid. Nahihiya silang magtanong. Dito po ninyo mapapakinggan ang mga practical, the practical things that you should know if you are embarrassed to ask. You can almost is, create a radio show just for that, you know, to teach people, okay, you're coming to another country, here are the traps you can fall into, here are the traps to avoid, here's how you avoid them. Tagalog, please. Beautiful. And there is no uh, program like uh, Mr. Tishner's. Wala pong programa kagaya niya na magbibigay sa atin ng direksyon that will give us directions on sensitive little things that people will not even care to think about. We care. Dito po sa estasyon ni Mr. Tishner, Tayo po ay magbibigay ng kaalaman. We are going to share with you the information and experiences of the past. At alam namin, we know that many of you 
are ashamed or embarrassed to ask around. Dito po ninyo malalaman na here in this program, we will address the little things that appear not important to others but could mean something to you and your well-being. Okay? Manong, the thing that I'm thinking of right off the bat was my experience with some Filipinos who asked me, I need to ask Manong Slugo something. Would you please go ask him for me? Yes, of course. And I would say, well, why can't you ask him yourself? And you told me it's cultural. Can you explain that in Tagalog, please? Alam niyo po, maraming nahihiya. Many are embarrassed to ask. Many No, no, they, they thought that you go to the Pura first. Go see the Pura, the Puti. Ask the Puti, the puti first. Why? Yes, the Puti, the Pura, the Kano, uh, the uh, Gringo. Uh, alam niyo po, meron yung mga example. Meron tayong example. Hindi alam ng mga puti. They do not realize sometimes the body language. Pag ginanun mo, yung kamay mo ay para kang tumatawag ng, ng uh, aso at pusa. You know, it's like calling a dog and a cat by saying, Hey, Pedro! Halika rito! Marami sa ating mga kababayang na, ang naiinsulto. They get insulted because they think that they are being treated lowly by that like gesture. Dog. Like dogs or animals. You only do that. And the poor puti does not know that. It's a simple, friendly, innocent gesture na hindi naiintindihan nila. Kanya, dapat po malaman ninyo yan. You have to know that. And a lot of folks na... Ating, sa ating mga community, hindi nila alam yun. They don't realize that. They don't know. So, here, in this program, we have an opportunity. Meron po tayong pagkakataon at oportunidad na makipagtanungan kay Mr. Tishner. Um, para bibigyan tayo ng pagkakataon na may paliwanag po yan sa inyong lahat. Okay? Okay. Great ideas. Another one is finance. That's probably the next big trap. Mm -hmm. People preying on Filipinos because the perception is that they don't know how to deal with money or they're so generous they just give it away. What do you suggest in that point? Ang masasabi po natin dyan, pag hindi kayo sigurado, if you are not sure, um, do not be like the Filipino constabulary in the Philippines. Ang constabulario sa Philippines, they have a motto. The constabulary people in the Philippines have a motto. And it is emblazoned in their uh, patrol cars. They said, when in doubt, fire. <laughs> Don't be like that. In America, when you're in doubt, hold your fire. Do not proceed. Ask around. Magtanong po tayo. Huwag tayong basta na lang didiretso. Don't go straight there kung hindi po kayo sigurado dahil uh, inyong pinaghirapang pera, the hard-earned money that you've earned, of you work your tail off, mawawala po yan. It might get lost in a jiffy. So, uh, the question of Sean is, 
money matters, be sure to ask. Magtanong po tayo. Those are good things. I I know that immigrants are often taken advantage of because people think they're ignorant or as you said too shy. They want to make a good impression, they want to please the people that they're being hosted by, helped by. But they might have that cultural desire or need to give away too much of what they have and then they have nothing. That's the point I'd like you to explain in Tagalog. That's true. Um, I will not dispute that because I know for a fact na ganyan po tayo. Masyadong magarbo. Uh, yung mataas ang ating mga lipad. Uh, we fly too high. I'm sorry. We fly too high. Uh, and be careful about that because you are correct. Sean, many of our Kababayans have never had it so good when they come to America. Remember, they come from third world countries where poverty reigns. Poverty in its magnificent splendor is there. So when they come to a great, benevolent, wealthy nation like America, then they have a tendency to say, okay, kesarasera, let it be. You know, they, they, they think that the faucet will not run dry. Many of them feel that way. They've never had it so good. You know, there was an episode of the Beverly Hillbillies I saw once where Granny was in the kitchen in this big, beautiful electric stove, and she saw all kinds of knobs on it, and she opened up the oven, and she was going to cook a turkey inside there, but there just wasn't any wood. And so she told Jethro, Jethro, go out and get me some wood for this here newfangled stove. And I want you to get me a stove pipe and I want you to attach it to the top of this thing and I want you to draw a flue for me through this kitchen ceiling and make sure it draws the smoke real good. So Jethro comes back with a piece of the top of a phone pole. He says, okay, Granny, got you your wood. And of course, she puts it in the oven, turns on the electricity, and pretty soon the whole house is filled with smoke. And Uncle Jed shows up and says, Granny, what are you doing? It's not one of those types of stoves. <laughs> think, well, think about that. And explain that. Explain that. Uh, in Tagalog, please. Meron po tayong ganyan sa yung hindi kayo nakakaintindi ng mga gadgets, ng mga kagamitan sa isang tahanan. Magtanong po tayo. Huwag tayong pa... Basta-bastang pumasok. Here at IDIC, we have the same situation. A 73-year-old guy comes in, and he looked hungry, and I asked him, Manong Pedring, have you had lunch? No, not yet. I said, oh, go ahead and hit the uh, rice and eat. He arrived only two weeks in the U.S. You know what he does, Sean? Takes the rice cooker, puts it inside the microwave oven oh, and shuts it. In less than a minute, it's a bam, bam, oh, And sparks were flying and everybody was panicking in the kitchen. There was smoke and the poor guy began to cry. He thought it, the rice cooker was a simple ball. ball 
Okay. That's where you cook your rice, you know. In the in the Philippines, they have those uh, little uh, pots, pots. For, for cooking and rice. he thought the microwave was a simple oven where uh. he could put the pot in there. And he began to cry and said, I'm sorry, you know, you are. And I said, no, that's not your fault. Nobody explained this to you, nor did you have the nerve to ask. And he said, I was shy to ask. Explain that in Tagalog, please. The story. Nakita ko ninyo yun. Meron tayong isang kababayan, gusto niya magpainit ng kanin, tinuha yung buong rice cooker, ipinasok sa microwave oven, at pumasok, nagkandagulo. Ano po ang nangyari? Pumutok yung uh, microwave oven, pumutok yung rice cooker. Ayan, hindi po nagtatanong. And ang ating uh, dapat malaman, always ask. Parati tayong magtanong kung hindi tayo sigurado. When in doubt, do not fire. Okay? <laughs> Those are some pretty good stories. Did you explain the one about the old lady with the antibiotics on the teeth? They know that. Okay. I did, I did. Wonderful. Yeah, those are important things for people to know when they're in transition. And IDIC, unfortunately, doesn't have the budget. Unfortunately, IDIC just does not have the budget to put on classes where Americans and Filipinos can learn these things or create some sort of booklets that we can put together to be able to ship overseas either by email or by snail mail to the Philippines for people who are considering to come here so that they don't fall into these embarrassing traps. They can preserve their pride, their dignity. It's hard enough just to be an immigrant, but then to have to face somebody laughing at you because you've made a simple mistake is pretty sad. Sean, I want to just share this uh, briefly. Um, families come to America and the parents who come here are in their middle age or even later. Uh, they come not for themselves because they come no longer as spring chickens. They're already on the middle age and, or older. But they come for one reason, and that is for the future of their children. And when you focus on the youth and the children, IDIC came up with this and we recommended to the Seattle School District and they embraced it totally. And we said, we said cultural sensitivity for the children should be understood well. Because as a nonprofit organization, what we saw was so much population of young people at the juvenile courts. You know what happens? I have to talk in English to be able to emphasize some more. But I'm sure our Kababayans know this. I don't have to tell them in Tagalog. They know this. When they come here, they've never seen so much opportunity to make so much money. You know what they do? They, round, they work round the clock. I know of several families whose head of the family, the father, works at the post office Mondays to Fridays. Saturday and Sunday, he works extra hours in a restaurant or in a construction company or in a nursing home, and they work round the clock. What happens? They leave alone their children unattended. The children drop out of school. They run with other uh, bad elements. They uh, are left on their own. They 
uh, basically get, raise themselves. Yes, yeah. They form they a wolf be, pack. Yes, they begin to be latchkey children and yeah. they're left on their own. Yeah. So what happened? There was this young fellow, very promising, brilliant guy, that was, I used to tutor uh, with, uh, at Mercer Middle School. I tutored them. At, I, uh, we, we, my group came up with what was known as the homework club. And we helped them in their homework. This guy was so good, and I said, he's going to be one of they, they got, they, the parent newly arrived, the whole family arrived not more than a year ago. And what happens? The father receives a letter from the school. The father gets into some tantrums and calls the kid and says, what is this about? They began berating the poor kid. Why? Because in the Philippines, if you get a letter from school, it means something else. And they were asking the mother and father of the child to go to school to the school because the principal would like to talk to them. So the father began uh, hitting the, hitting the young kid. boy. <laughs> oh, God. And it was the other way around. Yeah. I came into the picture later on and the kid was crying his uh, eyes out and saying, uh, Uncle, they don't understand. You know what my dad did? The dad did not even have time to go to school to find out what the truth was. It was the mother who went there. Poor guy. And the vice principal who spoke to the mother said, Look, we wanted you to know that the kid is doing fantastic. He's on the dean's list. See, oh, God. see the information gaps and cultural <coughs> consensitivities. Yes. We at IDIC are dedicated to the proposition that we must, as a community, begin to fill those gaps of cultural misinformation, and no one is doing it in this community. So, Sean, if your effort in, um, is addressed to the, in the name of the youth, you are an educator. I am. And if you zero in on... Uh, children of newly arrived immigrants and ask them how they look upon being transplanted into this country and what their challenges are and then so that their parents can know then not get lost in the running after the greenback and concentrate a little on their children. Yeah. You will be doing such tremendous assistance because no one is doing it. Manang, this reminds me of the story of a young Vietnamese girl in fifth grade 15 years ago when I was a new student teacher. And she used to come up and hug the teachers, male and female, and we had to tell her, hey, you can't hug the male teachers. We have to maintain a professional distance. But we would like you to explain to us, why do you always feel the need to run up and hug teachers? And she said, well, my mom works three jobs. She's a janitor. Uh, we came from Vietnam. And I said, well, where's your father? Hmm. Well, he's a bumblebee, Mr. T. Flower to flower to flower, yeah. creating new families. And I said, wow, well, you read at a 10th grade level at fifth grade. You know, I, I see you headed to becoming a surgeon or a lawyer. And I'd like you to tell me. What is it um, that you do at home when your mom's not there? And when do you see your mom? She says, Mr. T, I only see her for about an hour a day in the morning 
between the jobs and then she has to go to sleep is to give me a hug and make me something to eat and then I go off to school. And I said, well, what do you do in your spare time? You know what she told me? I read books. But she's dying of loneliness, this kid. Dying of loneliness. Your program, my good buddy, my good friend, my good associate and colleague in information dissemination, Sean, you, this program has so much promise. If you will only convey such message to different school districts in Western Washington and say, have you ever done any cultural sensitivity uh, project to bridge the gap and let the poor students begin to tell their stories so it can reach their parents, immigrants especially. And then you fill the information gap and that becomes your niche in the whole scheme of things. Another thing I, I didn't mention, Manang, is young Filipino boys and Filipino girls on the playground holding hands or hugging each other. Teachers tell them, nope, you can't touch other kids, you got to keep your hands to yourself. And the teachers aren't trained to realize that's cultural. Filipinos always hug each other, they always smile at each other, they always share their food with one another. And um, teachers have to stand in there and say, well, you can't do that because it might be considered bullying behavior or this might become a young uh, a situation where this kid is after a girl being a stalker or something that it's sexual connotated. Yeah. And that's why males aren't allowed to hug students either or be hugged by them because, because we're male, they think we're going to rape kids. And that's unfortunate. And yet these kids come up and they respect their teachers because that's what they do over in Asia. And their, their dads aren't there or their moms are working. And so they hug each other because they have no one else to hug. Yet they, they're dying of loneliness. They may be good students, but they're dying of loneliness. Well, um, still and all, I always keep in my heart and always wondered and was intrigued uh, by the first word in the name of this great benevolent land. The word that jumps out to my mind and heart is the word United States of America. It suggests that many people from different parts of the world come here. That there is an important message and that is to unite them. How do you do that if you don't understand? Assimilate. How do you assimilate them? Bring them into a culture and teach them to get along and survive and thrive. Yes. Not just survive, but thrive. Well, I think my, my take after many years in this uh, great benevolent green land is we are too document-oriented, too officious too document-oriented, that there's nothing wrong with that. We have to, but the other accompanying element is the spirit of the document. You come here, okay, you're a green card holder, so what? You're okay, fend for yourself. That's the message we get. It's, it's cold. Uh, if, 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 in, if in the Philippines, a visitor coming from far off land comes 
the Filipino is used to being so hospitable, he would give his shirt off his back, if need be, to this visitor. That's how uh, Filipinos and Asians yeah. are in their tradition. They are so, um, well, I don't know, but I keep comparing, when I first got here, about the cold, indifferent, almost fun of most institutions. You have your document, you have your ID, you have your passport, your green card, okay, that's it, we're done. Where is the feeling that accompanies such? And that's what we look for, because that's what we're used to back home, the being warm and welcoming and, you know, that's us. The other element, side of the coin, is they're proud. Their face value means everything to them. If I get a letter from the school, I don't understand it. No one has told me it's something good. And that is where radio comes in to fill in the gaps and say, hey, I think the immigrant people who sometimes are overlooked and almost invisible cannot express themselves in their needs. Why? Because they're proud. They will not, unless you pry them open and unless you have a non-profit organization who's sensitive to such gaps, we will never know. I'll tell you my impression of Filipinos, my perception of Filipinos. You will always get two things from them. Something to eat and a smile. Go to any hospital in America Sean. Or post office. Or post office. Or yes. Western Union. Or a casino. <laughs> or uh, Nordstrom. <laughs> and you will always see Filipinos yeah. on the front line. Yeah. Well, that's us. And uh, that's why, compared to the Koreans getting back to full circle to how we started, compared to other Asian brethren, uh, Sean, we're invisible. Why? Because we speak good English, they're all employed elsewhere. Whereas the Korean must survive, so he has to open his own business, come up with a little laundry shop. The Vietnamese has to come up with this nail polish and beauty shop. Or gardening. The Chinese will have to put up his own restaurant. Likewise, the Japanese white. They can't speak English. Oh, I never thought of that. So, you see the demographics, if you look closely at the populations who are, what are their needs? What are their value systems? Where are their expectations in this land? What are their contributions? What are their lacks? Their needs? You know, no one is... You're the first... I don't mind saying it on the air, but you're the first kind and sensitive gringo who has come forward to say, let's talk. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I see it in schools. You know, kids come up to me and, and they learn what English they can. I've had kids dropped here from Afghanistan on a Friday and on Monday they're in school and terrified. They don't know any English. And the first thing we do is pair those kids up with uh, kids from their home countries who, who've been here a year or two and know the language. And then those kids learn all they can. They're sponges. And they go home and they translate for their parents. That's a lifeline for their parents. You know, Sean, uh I don't know, I have a very good feeling that you will pursue 
this niche of yours and allow us to be part of that in the pursuit because I think you're on to something meaningful, something deeper than what you see on the surface. There are many broadcasters, many radio people, many, but they're all commercial. Nothing wrong with being commercial as long as you have substance. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. And if you do it well, you will probe deeper than the surface. Probe deeper and deeper and deeper and say, Hey, Filipinos will never open up unless you probe deeper. Why? Because they're proud people. And they're immigrants. You've got to understand the culture of all immigrants who come to the sacred shores called America. We have to understand them. How? Well, I don't know, but if you talk to them and tap on people who are thinking variety and feeling variety and who have the experience and the dedication, the diligence to go deeper into their needs, then you have substance in your airing, in your program. That's what your niche or any worthy broadcaster should look for. Is, is there a need in this great big land of the brave and the free? You know, is there a need? Where is the need? Let's fulfill that need. I tell you, Sean, that is exactly what grant givers, foundations, and money uh, resources want for you to verbalize that need and show evidence that there exists such need. I have never, the whole time I've been a teacher, in private schools and public schools and colleges, I've never once seen a Dr. Rizal Day. We have Dr. King Day, which is important, but we have never, nobody knows who Dr. Rizal was. He's the hero of your country. He's as important as George Washington was to us. There are people that stand in front of his grave in Manila and get married. Yes. I mean, that that's deep, that's meaningful. Yes. Yeah. Um, they need to know who Dr. Rizal is. I mean, the only time I've ever seen any Filipino education, at least in the Puget Sound area, was when I went down to Seafood City. Mm -hmm. And they had some nice, big, professionally done posters for Filipino Week. And there were two stories on there. One was of the Filipinos who were captured by the Spanish, brought on ships, and then they parked in Florida to take a break, and the Filipinos jumped ship and ran into the mango uh, forest down in Florida, in Louisiana, and escaped. And if you look at the Seminole Indians who are from that area, they look Filipino. They probably made babies with the, the native peoples in that region. They knew how to survive in those swamps. Because guess what? In the Philippines, they got jungle and swamps. Right. That was an interesting story I never knew. Most likely, yes. Yes. Myself being part Native American, that's meaningful to me, and so is tribalism. And how connected families are and tribes within tribes and language and how important language is. And I can't tell you the joy that kids have on their faces when a teacher can say to them in their own language, Maganda namaga kumustata, akosi Mr. T. Ikau? Good morning, kids. I'm your teacher. My name is Mr. Teshner. What's your name? makes me proud to be able to talk to them and the smiles that creep across their faces, the overwhelming joy they feel of being recognized, of being important. That's what we need in this country. Right. 
And I think that that's an education program we need to work on. Absolutely. Well, we'll be humbled to be part of your effort, uh, Sean, and uh, thank you for uh, sitting down, pausing for a while, and thinking about what can we do to make this nice green world better. <laughs> Manang, would you do me a favor and explain in Tagalog that they can find my show at Facebook. It's called The Sean Tester Show. They're certainly welcome to email me, and they can go to Facebook. That's www.facebook.com, and they can type in The Sean, S-E-A-N, Teshner, T-A-E-S-C-H-N-E-R, show, S-H-O-W. And they're welcome to email me at Trashner, T-R-A-S-H-N-E-R, at hotmail.com. And the way I got that name the kids couldn't pronounce or spell Teshner, so they called me Mr. Trashner when I was a teacher. And you know what? I have a suggestion. <laughs> I hope you take this uh, with a grain of salt and think about it. Filipinos act when it is simplified. If you can get your show to echo in the mind and hearts of the hard-working Filipino who's always on the run. Give me three or four syllables at the most. That's it, so I can remember. The moment you say Sean Tishner, and Tishner is such a challenge spelling it, you've lost them. Mm. In other words, think and sleep over it, and don't think about it now. Simplify in four syllables how your show can best be remembered at this. That's how uh, let it jump out of the minds of people. In visual terms, as you walk inside a grocery store, the one that has the most in simplified terms. Do you know the most in advertising, where I came from, the most successful visual aid? and packaging all over the commercial of Madison Square Garden. We studied that in school. The most successful was Lucky Strike. Oh, yeah. White background, red. That's it. White. People remember it. It's simplified. Reminds me of the Japanese flag. Yes. So, in words, my... Brotherly advice is, if you can say the Sean show. Wow. Have you said about Sean show? Sean show? Sean show? Think about it. Well, the problem is somebody else has taken that name on Facebook. Oh. I could do something. Yeah. I could call it the bridge. Oh, boy, beautiful. The bridge or Black Diamond. Somewhere where something that is meaningful to you. Don't. Don't, because when, when I was doing my radio show, I just said, Film M Radio. Filipino-American Radio, yeah. yeah. And they said, Film M Radio. It, it, it rang. It, it, it rang bells and it was simplified. And I, my, my mentor in advertising back home said, Sugo, look for the simplest way. When you say Ross Limbo, Ross Limbo, three syllables. And he calls it the EIB network excellence in broadcasting. 
simplifies yeah. it to the term that a busy mind can easily say, AIB, when you say the Sean Tishner show, you've lost him. Why? Because you're in, and to spell your name. How about STS? Could be too. S, the STS. STS. Yes. Simplifying to the barest minimum that I can easily remember while I'm on the run. <laughs> well, I can easily create another radio page on Facebook and, and give it such an acronym well, and just do the stuff for the Philippines just on that page. But but the problem is I've got to figure a way to connect that page to my regular show so that they're interlinked. Your, your run now, the first six months was a pilot run. The pilot, the run. It's like... It's like if I sketch something, it's pencil rock. Now I see. Now you come on with it. I'm putting in the oil and canvas. You're doing charcoal now. Mm. And you're you're looking for a niche. You're looking for something, a reason for my being. You know? And you're doing the pilot run. Yeah. Now, you've got to sit down with yourself, walk the beaches and say, I'd like to... Tweak it a bit. Tweak it, magnify it purify it, and then here, I'm ready to go. I am the bridge. Tear the envelope open, add water, stir it, and it serves five. And that's it. <laughs> and you still have your anchor, which is Trashner yeah, at Hotmail.com. Trashner at Hotmail. Because if I go to, to uh, some funders or foundations or grant givers, they direct me to certain, and then there are formulas that I follow. That's the same thing, but the umbrella that will bring me there is Grant Watch. Two syllables. Mm. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Well, Manang, thank you very much for the interview. I appreciate it. I look forward to coming well, back. Those who are, you know, every time we meet, you and I, we always discuss the fate of mankind, you know? <laughs> uh, Alright, we'll send you out zombie style. Here we go. The Here, here's what you gotta do. You gotta not do drugs, children. Don't do them. Whatever I said earlier, just don't do them. Stay away from the drugs. What radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that? Where's that?